hello. Welcome. Thank you. How are you? I want to be where you are. That looks way cooler. <laughs> messy room where all of the gift wrapping and Christmas. Uh, your house looks cozy and warm though. <laughs> it's warm here. It's cold in Texas today, so I will take it. Yeah. So yeah. welcome to Make It Make Sense where um, I try really hard to make sense of the world around me. Mostly I just try to entertain myself because the world never really makes that much sense. So um, thank you for being my guest, everyone. This is uh, Garnet. So Garnet, tell us just who you are, what you do, a little bit about you. Sure. Uh, my name's Garnet Griebel and uh, primarily I'm a jeweler, but uh, I guess my biggest hobbies are uh, teaching about how gemstones help us heal. Um, I love uh, the chakra energy system and how they're linked to gemstones and healing. Um, and I also just obsessed with, uh, I guess, digging for the truth in this great age of misinformation where yeah. we're told things that are lies and being an intuitive person, I can always tell when I'm being lied to. So it has led me to kind of like find the truth, whether that be diving into rabbit holes or talking to individuals like you and sharing stories and you know, just coming together and talking about things seems to help. I love it. You're like who I want to be when I grow up because I <laughs> I appreciate like just, you know, what you do and, and what you know so much about is what I, you know, I'm fascinated by. I, I know that there is more to the universe than meets the eye. And Absolutely. I um, so I think that that's super exciting and I've been really excited about getting into this with you because, um, in my line of work, I definitely feel like I see all the time that just, we are as a society over medicated, just over medicated all the time, um, from kids taking antidepressants, which, you know, I, I'm not a, I'm, I am not against medication. I just think it should be um, more fewer and further between, I think it's, it's all the time and it's the quick go-to and we do a lot of prescribing of medication before we explore anything else. And I think that that can sometimes be harmful. It can create dependencies and, and things like that. So, um, I know you've got some, completely. got some opinions about it. So t talk to me, girl. Well, um, the, the Bay in Seattle, speaking of people being overly medicated is like part antidepressants and part uh, birth control. That's how much we are over medicated. Like our water uh, holding our lakes and rivers are being polluted with our pharmaceuticals because come through us and they go into the system. So um, I think that we do over medicate. I think there are some cases in which those medications are absolutely necessary. I have actually used an antidepressant once in my life. It was, um, I was quitting smoking. I was a pack to two pack a day, believe it or not, um, which I'm ashamed to say at this point. Uh, but I actually used a mild antidepressant that they were uh, prescribing to help people get through that first part of not smoking. And yeah. it worked, but I will tell you, I could feel a change in my brain and I did not like it. So I was only on it for like maybe two weeks and then I wasn't smoking after that point. So, uh, so I got off of it, but I, I didn't really know any of the risks associated with some of the antidepressants can be, uh, ha habitual. They can change our brains and 
I think for young people, especially whose brains are still developing, um, there are other means to solve the problem. A lot of uh, a lot of depression is linked to somebody's uh, life. Like maybe they're not happy at their home. Maybe they're being forced to, you know, take over a business like a family business that they don't really want to. Or this fast-paced life leads to depression. Like we shouldn't be moving this fast. So it's almost like, well, just shut up and take this pill, and it will mask your depression and and. And then you can keep doing your job is, is the way I feel a lot of uh, the medications are being used. Yeah, so. that's, that's I mean, I definitely think that it's an American thing. We're constantly taking stimulants to achieve more and then antidepressants to kind of bring you down or calm you down. Yeah. So you sleep, right? <laughs> um, yes. I mean, I get to hear, obviously, in my line of work all day long, people talking about the medications that they're on. And and sometimes it's alarming. Um, It will be like, I'll say, you know, what what medications are you taking on a consistent basis? And they'll say, hold on a second. Let me go grab the basket or whatever. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness is right now. So many, so many things that can be disturbing about. And that's not all the time, but like so many things that can be disturbing about it. Um, one, the cost of medication just, you know, and and I, I am obviously, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a clinician clinician of any sort. However, I think I have common sense and I, you know, I can ask people questions and, and, you know, when someone's taking a really expensive medication and like for ADHD, which is so very common and I'll say, okay, well, did they start with this medication or did you graduate to it? Because I do think that in some cases you'll see doctors are sort of, we've seen it on TV, right? Movies that doctors are sort of incentivized to mm-hmm. prescribe certain medications, yeah, which is absolutely. a little bit terrifying. Um, but the amount of people I say to clients often, you know, welcome to America. Like every person you meet is either, and this is an exaggeration, but not far from the truth. They're either hypertensive or they're on an antidepressant all the time. It's so common. And both of those would speak to our super high stress, high achieving, high functioning society and how we're always like keeping up with the Joneses and trying to do more. Right. So exactly. It's definitely a little bit terrifying. It is terrifying because the system makes money off of us being medicated. Sure. Big pharma is, um, it's a big business. And I, I experienced this personally. I broke my wrist and I was in Oregon and my doctor offered me tramadol at least 10 times every office visit. It was like to the point where I thought he was like a pusher man, you know, for tramadol. And I believe that he was. And um, the pharmaceutical companies do incentivize the doctors to offer certain medications. And uh, I took one tramadol and that was the night after my pain. I broke this wrist. I did what they called pineappled it, where my, um, my, basically my hand shoved itself into my, my wrist bone and it went many different directions. So that's the time and place where you need Western medicine, right? I'm going to go get a surgery. I have a plate, titanium plate and eight pins in here. 
and uh, my doctor was fantastic. I have a tattoo here. He almost was even able to match up perfectly. Um, but I took the one tramadol and that was the night I left the hospital after the localized anesthesia wore off. I woke up like crying, falling in pain. And I did the tramadol helps. But after that, I uh, stuck to CBD. And I, I would say the tramadol was necessary that one time. But I do know it also leads to a lot of addictions. Sure. And, um, you know, like a lot of people take that stuff recreationally, too. Yeah. Uh, and I could tell a difference the moment I took it in my brain a little bit. And I felt like I was leaving my body in a sense, like I was floating above, like I wasn't fully in my body. So I didn't like that. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've never been a big painkiller type of compliant patient. I, you know, I, I constantly, not that I get prescribed these medications all the time, but when I am prescribed, like after childbirth, they give you um, medications to, for pain. And I will always fill them because I'm afraid that I will need them at some point. And then I kind of shy away from taking them. And I just have never, never loved to take medication just on the whole. Like I, you know, I hardly took birth control, which is sort of ironic, the situation that I'm in currently, which we'll talk about in a second, but like hardly took birth control because I didn't like the idea of adding hormones to my body. Um, I really don't take painkillers. Um, and now it's sort of wild because, you know, I take a ton of supplements, um, daily, but I just really don't take medication and I'm not a super compliant patient. Even if I get like an antibiotic or a (laughs) steroid pack, like I'll take it to the point that I feel better. And then I stop, which is not what you should, they'll, they'll tell you not to do that. And I do it all the time. Um, but now, you know, it's, it's, I've thought a lot more about medication because there is some irony in my current situation because I find myself in a place where, you know, having recently been diagnosed with, and then having the, like a breast cancer cut out of my body, um, they're wanting to layer on some chemotherapy, which is medicine to the gajillionth degree. It's like Mm -hmm. actually poison, right? I mean, chemotherapy essentially is a poison that is designed to kill everything in its path, except for the host themselves, like not kill the person, but pretty much kill everything along the way. And the part that's, that has been sort of hard for me to reconcile in this journey is that, you know, you currently know, like the doctors confirmed, you don't, you're not currently, you don't have cancer. Like they've cut it, they've cut it out. They did a metastatic workup. It, there, there is no cancer anywhere, which is a blessing, but chemotherapy is administered in case there's a random rogue cell somewhere that's trying to wreak havoc in your bloodstream. And because there is not a test, they are going to throw the spaghetti against the wall. They're going to give it all the treatment that they can, which on some level I understand, but you know, it, it just is so much medicine for a person who really doesn't take medicine. And it's really kind of hard to reconcile and what I'm about to go through and what it's about to do to my body is pretty wild. Did you uh, consider getting a second opinion about the level of spaghetti on the wall? 
Yeah. I mean, yes and no. Right. It's like, because I'm probably to the nth degree, the person with the busy lifestyle, not that there's any excuse for it, but even just the amount of tests and things that I have to go to at this point, it's hard to schedule all of them in. And my understanding of cancer treatment is like the, all of the doctors use something called it's the NCCN. It's some sort of cancer standard um, of care for that the best cancer brains in the country come together and they design these treatments. And if you go here or Timbuktu or, you know, Des Moines, Iowa, it's not going to matter. Like if they use this standard of care, you're going to get the same answer. And so at some point I, I understand it. Like, I mean, I've made my peace with it. I've reconciled the fact that, I mean, I, you know, my body can handle it. That's why I'm getting so much of it, but it is just such a kick in the gut because I hate medicine. I hate being sick. I don't like foreign unknown things introduced. I get enough of it. I'm not like a picture of health. Like, I mean, I get enough of it in, you know, the foods that we eat and the air that we breathe, but just knowingly do more of it, you know, is really kind of harmful and, and like, yeah. well, you'd like to feel more empowered for your own healthcare. And it sounds like you feel like you're kind of not able to make a choice that feels like there's no other choice for you right now. Basically, Well, I mean, you know, again, it's like, um, I, I understand it. Like the, it's either in my opinion, over treat it and potentially save me or under treat it and not. And like, that's too big a variable. There's really no in between. You can't have a right. little bit of cancer. Right. So, yeah. it's like, so, I mean, I care about my children to the point that I would do anything to make sure that I get to stay with them. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it does make you sort of question it all because it, the, the irony of it, like the fact yeah. that don't take any of, I don't take medication. I haven't like of for most of my adult life, I haven't introduced like a hormone birth control into my body very often. Um, this all started because I was out considering, um, some hormone treatment to try to, and now that like all that I've learned about it, that hormones can cause cancer to grow very rapidly. It like makes them super, makes cancer cells supercharged. Oh my gosh. All the people that are out on getting, you know, testosterone introduced into their body. Like I just, it, it's really, there's, I just feel like there should be more information about all of this, more education, but we're just so quick to give a pill. Yeah, we are. I would say um, our healthcare system is not preventative. It's uh, like, let's fix you after you're sick. So they don't really talk about how to not get sick. And that's where, as an artist, uh, I didn't have health insurance for most of my life. Uh, and that's kind of scary. A lot of people couldn't live without health insurance, but sure. I guess I'm a renegade and I just kind of, uh, you know, it was art or bust. So here I was insuranceless and luckily I never really had any issue with it, but, um, 
when I was on hormonal birth control, it was giving me, giving me heart palpitations. I could feel, I felt weaker and I, I took myself off. Uh, and I am on a wild carrot supplement, uh, or actually it's a tincture that it's an all organic, uh, wild carrot, uh, tincture made from a girl in Oregon and wild carrot has been used for centuries, even back to like ancient Roman times as an anti, uh, anti-pregnancy tool, because it actually makes the uterine line or the line of the uterine wall slippery. And so therefore nothing can attach. So uh, I've been having success with that. And I do tell people about it. Again, I am not a doctor, but my body can't handle the hormones. So this was an all natural, uh, like, I guess, alternative for, for me. Uh, and it's worked so far. So um, How long have you used it? I've been on it for like a year and a half. Wow. And prior to that, I uh, was just using the please don't get pregnant. <laughs> pull and pray method. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, just in light of everything going on and just to add some extra layer of protection, I introduced the wild carrot and uh, so far so good. And uh, there is some research behind it showing that it is effective. Uh, but uh, that's just one example of how something in nature can be also used to help us in the same ways that some of these pharmaceuticals do. Um, in fact, aspirin comes from the aspen tree. So it's a natural, um, I forget what part of the aspen tree uh, is effective, but in wild, you'll see the deers, the young bucks with the furry horns, they'll go up to aspen trees and rub their horns on them uh, because it makes them feel better as the hair is falling out. It's, I guess, a painful time for the, the deer. So um, I believe in my, I fully believe in my heart that nature has a remedy for everything, but I don't think it's profitable enough for, for it to be going into, uh, to use because the big pharma industry uh, wouldn't make money that way so much. So oh, for sure. I can't even begin to imagine what the, I mean, the cost for this you know, I've been in on this cancer journey for four months or so now, like if you, you know, just September, October, and yeah. So about four months and they've probably charged $50,000 worth of claims to my insurance wow. from two surgeries and, and two MRIs, a brain scan, a bone scan, um, a organ scan. I just had an EKG yesterday. Like it's, a wild amount of stuff. And, and that, that should even be indication itself. Right. I had to go have an EKG to make sure that my heart is actually able because everyone is keen to the fact that this chemotherapy is absolute poison that they're about to knowingly inject into me on a semi-regular basis. So like, that alone should be indication, but you know, I I've said that in this process is that the, the money is not in the cure because realistically I'm cured. Like they've, they, right. you know, the doctor said that to me in my last visit, like we have done a full, you have no cancer. And 
but we're going to go ahead and treat you so that it doesn't come back, which I fully, like, I get the logic, but at the same time, the money's on the cure because they've, they've made their money off of that. The money's in the treatment. Like, can you imagine yeah. what 18 rounds of chemotherapy is going to cost or 20 so rounds funny. of radiation? So much money. You know, I read something on the internet that said, and I don't really know if Steve, Steve Jobs said it, it was posed as if he said it because he died of a really terrible, I think it was like a pancreatic cancer maybe, um, but just had a really tough time at the end. And he, he said, or is said to have said, um, either make food, your medicine or medicine will be your food. And I, I think, that, yes, that is, I agree a thousand percent. Yeah. Have you seen this too? I haven't, but I, I say all the time, like eating organically is my health care and yeah. eating, uh, healthily is my health care. Basically it's, so expensive. It, it's really a shame how expensive it is to eat healthy, y you know, like it's less expensive than hospital bills though. 100%. But when you're a family, you know, and I, and I deal with all kinds of people all over the country every day in this healthcare thing. Right. And when you're a single mom and you've got four kids and you're working just to put food on the table you know, if you can choose, I mean, I, I bought strawberries the other day because my daughter loves strawberries and it was, I think, $8 for a container of strawberries, which is quite a bit of money really when they're, they're so perishable, right? It's a right. lot of money and it's, they're so perishable and they don't last that long. And when you're looking at that, or you're looking at $8 for hamburger helper and some, you know, ground beef, like what, what is she going to pick? You know, like, so that, that part to me is the part that's really kind of shameful. Um, and the farmer's markets aren't really that much cheaper, you know, like to go shop at a farmer's market. It's just, it's really sad that this is the world that we live in, that it's. It is like, I think you said something the other day about it being like Darwin, Darwinism via food, like classes, Darwinism. Yeah yeah and uh not that we are all not already running in the rat race but uh a lot of people are are now planting home gardens yeah. because that way you know where your seeds come from you can buy an organic organic seeds cheaper than every you know going to the grocery store over and over again and buying the organic uh produce so that's yeah. something that a lot of people have turned to uh, even urban like backyard farm farming has become kind of the answer for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, living on the road for me, it's not as easy to do that. We uh, have had my partner Scott and I have tried to grow a garden. Like, we were successful at it actually. We we were invited to stay at our friend's uh, hot spring property for uh, last winter, and we grew an heirloom seed garden. And we were successful with carrots and spinach. Um, we had a lot of uh, basil, uh, tons of radishes. It felt so good to like grow that food and it tasted even better to eat it. I'm sorry. It tasted different? Did it taste oh, different? It, it tastes different. It has a lot more flavor. Yeah. Especially um, just right out of the earth, like pulling a carrot out of the earth, washing it off and eating it. It just feels like an empowerment. Uh, or it's a very empowering feeling because sure. that's what we're all working for anyway, is to feed our families. So right. 
having a home garden makes that a little easier. I mean, even just starting with something like a tomato plant or just all your herbs, because basil's like, what, $4 if you want a meal's worth. Uh, yeah. And cilantro is like a dollar or probably $2 now. Like everything just keeps going up. But any little bit of food you can grow for yourself gets you out of that dependency. And uh, I, there's other ways, preventative wise. Um, I tell people to mind their chakras. The chakras are our energy centers of our bodies. Uh, in Sanskrit, chakra means wheel of light and everything is created from light. Energy can't be transferred or destroyed, um, but it can be transferred from one person to another. And then the chakras regulate, maintain, and manage our physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual aspects of our being um, on the physical plane. And they also serve as, I'm actually reading a quote right now. Chakras themselves serve as revolving doors or portals between our mind, body, and soul. And this comes from Cindy Dale's book, um, The Chakra, The Complete Book of Chakra Healing. And I have found her book to be amazingly just like transformative uh, because every chakra tethers to a certain part of our body. Heart chakra is uh, located right here. Its color is green. And uh, if anybody's ever been through a breakup, you can feel how heavy this part of you feels for a while, like just empty and vacant and heavy. That's an example of your heart chakra spinning at like a slower speed than, than optimal. So everybody's chakras have a, a, a speed that is most opt, optimal for health. And so to know how you feel when your chakras are in alignment, I recommend people go to a Reiki healer and have a chakra alignment. And then when you're done, you'll feel like a clean vessel. And that's important to note how you feel. Cause then once things start slipping, then you'll have an idea. Okay. I don't feel, feel the same. Something's off. And then you, it's like self-diagnosis. Like, um, I think I was telling you the other day about how I had some lumps growing on my throat and I was, uh, in a, the end of a bad marriage and I was gaining the courage to tell him I was leaving him. And it took about a month till uh, the, the cysts were pretty large. And he was saying, you should go to the hospital or go to the doctor and get that looked at. Like, it's not, it's just getting worse. And so I had the talk with him instead. And the next day they were gone, completely gone. And that right. is an example of a blockage in my throat chakra. Because I'd been holding on to saying what I needed to say for my optimal uh, health and well-being was I need to move on from this marriage, but uh, because I was afraid, I guess, um, I was holding it in. And so that's another example about how chakras can manifest disease in our bodies if left unchecked. So and, how, uh, sorry to interrupt. How, no, go ahead. how like, how much does that require you to be mentally open to the process to work? Because I feel like that's, that hinders me all the time. Like I want to meditate. I can't turn my brain off right. to like be able to be in the space. So I feel like I, although I have all of these really pure intentions, so much of it falls away because like, I, not that I'm not trying to be open, but I just have all of these different things that are blockages. Like how much is, well, required? it's just, 
our fast paced lifestyle doesn't really lend time for people to meditate or do yoga. So it's kind of something you have to just adopt into your, your life. Um, and that might be difficult. I know you're very, very busy, but, uh, and in terms of meditating and not being able to turn your mind off, it's just like any other muscle that you have to practice. My brain used to be, and still is, it's like, I have squirrels running around all the time, but I noticed like, and I don't meditate all the time. Um, but when I do make a point, I do feel more grounded and I feel more at ease in my own body. Uh, just because it's almost like just taking the time to have a conversation with yourself and your body. Um, oftentimes, uh, when my brain chatter was too much, you can put on chakra music. Um, so like, or even, uh, a guided meditation to start is a great way to turn off the chatter. But, um, basically they say when we meditate, when you see a thought, just kind of see it and don't grab onto it. Just see it, recognize it, and let it pass. And um, then it won't start the mind chatter. But there's also uh, labradorite and lapidolite are the best stones for mind chatter and anxiety, actually. Uh, but if you were to hold a, a labradorite while you were meditating, the mind chatter will be less because that labradorite, which is a third eye chakra stone, is going to be helping your mind be more calm and more directed. So um, a lot of this is seen as woo-woo and I uh, think that is because it has never been quanti quantified scientifically, but that's because it has become, there's like a stigma that's been created probably by Big Pharma against it. Um, this has been, I'm sorry? It's a nuisance. I mean, to it, it goes, it bucks the system. So they don't want that. Yeah. I haven't had health insurance. I have it now, but uh, I had it. I didn't have it for a very long time. And so um, I would go get Reiki. Uh, a lot of other artists, I lived in Kansas City, Missouri at the time, uh, were in the same boat. We didn't have health insurance. So uh, we would get together and like, you know, align each other's chakras or, or talk about uh, healing, like without the system, like what we can do to empower ourselves against the system really. And, uh, I have not seen any of those friends like haven't gotten sick or they haven't needed, I mean, other than breaking your wrist, like that's the time where you're just like, Oh my gosh, I obviously can't heal this with my mind right now. You have insurance <laughs> when you broke your wrist? Did I you did have insurance. Okay. Yes, okay. I did. That's um, like a very goodness. expensive break. <laughs> oh, it was, uh, the highest quote I got on it was 33,000, but, uh, industry average is about 15,000, but luckily I'm in a position now in my life where if I had to pay that out of pocket, I actually could have. Whereas in the past, you know, a struggling artist in Kansas city, Missouri, like very, very much could not have, that would have ruined my life for quite some time. Um, but, and you know, I, I know that, um, uh, this is like a foreign language to a lot of people. It was to me when I first started out. So uh, I can send you some reference information. Uh, like they call it the Chakra 101. Um, right. I've actually taught a, a course of, about it at the Southwester Lodge in uh, Seaside, Washington. So I created a course for it. And the um, people that signed up for it, I had all my gemstones available uh, from root to crown. And then 
part of the beginning exercise, I said to everybody, go up, pick up the rock that speaks to you. And everybody went up and they chose a different rock. And that's because uh, everybody's going through different things at different times. But the way that gems help us work is they speak to us. They call you in because they're already having a conversation with the chakra that or chakras that it's balancing. So it's going to be like a draw towards a stone. And so, a lot of people don't believe it until they feel that draw. So. You wouldn't have one stone all the time that you're carrying right. with you that's it's it's, it's ever changing it changes as our chakras uh are in and out of balance and everyday life causes imbalances the rat race life oh my gosh like we are so such an imbalanced society like not even having the knowledge to know that we're imbalanced like people feel some things off but they don't know how to fix it and then they go to the doctor and they say i'm depressed and they say oh we'll take this pill it's like no leave the crappy ex or husband, ditch that job that is underpaying you and overworking you, um, you know, go to a therapist, talk to somebody. Like it doesn't have to be a pill right away. Yeah. I guess that I think should be um, prescribed first, like go to a therapist or, hey, maybe speaking of food as medicine, the Ayurvedic diet, the Indians have practiced for years, centuries, um, everybody is different. So uh, there are actually Ayurvedic medicine tests that you can take on. I think you can send like a hair follicle. My, my partner did this once and they said, well, you have an imbalance here, here, here. Here's the foods that you should eat to correct it. So we could all be doing that as well. And um, I believe uh, that is uh, something that is start. I'm starting to hear more about Ayurvedic medicine and dieting as uh, in the holistic community. So it's something that people could really do to empower themselves with their own bodies. Some people don't need to eat meat. Some people need more meat than others. Some people can't be vegetarian, like their body just can't not have certain proteins. So it's really all about like listening to your individual body. We're not all cookie cutters, we're different. So, and just studying those individualities within ourselves and getting to know ourselves is important so which is so interesting because really if you think about it to prescribe a medication is to treat it as if it's cookie cutter right it, yes. it's yeah it is. like the blanket solution I, I mean I definitely can feel and I don't like we don't know what causes cancer like nobody knows I mean I I'm reading a nutritional healing book that you know will say things like you know, potentially like carrying extra weight could have helped with this. Sugar definitely is, nobody should have it. Refined sugar, cancer feeds off of it. But also that stress, I mean, it, stress shows up everywhere. And I think I was in a very stressful situation with a former employer and my personal relationships were kind of tied into and it was so messy. And it was just such a bad experience that I I feel like I tried to rid myself of, but it, it, happened not quickly enough. So I, I fully believe that this is like the final stage of like ridding that from my life. But, you know, I definitely, you know, could have used some, I, I, I knew my gut was telling me that there was something off, but it's, it's hard to sometimes make radical changes when you're in a situation like that. And if I'm the cautionary tale of why you should, like, if someone 
shows you who is it Maya Angelou that said like if someone shows you who they are believe them the first time like just yeah that's a great quote <laughs> yeah like understand and go with your gut like your gut is yeah. almost never wrong well and don't fault yourself for that uh I have not listened to my gut so many times and we all do it but uh, it does get you into trouble. And I believe that the lesson repeats itself and it's gonna hurt worse every time until you learn it. Uh, and so I've, in my case, men have been, bad men have been my kryptonite. And every time I knew in my, my you know, mind's eye, heart and soul that, that I was lying to myself about them, uh, not listening to my gut, but it's just, you know, sometimes, we walk journeys to learn lessons, I guess. And so uh, after, I, I mean, I really do believe if I had stayed in that marriage, I might have throat cancer and that would have really sucked, you know, yeah. definitely might have had to have surgery to get these cysts off my neck. So, um, but yeah, I knew I shouldn't have married that one. That was a big mistake. <laughs> Yeah. but you know I learned a lot with him and and I do believe everything happens for a reason maybe we have a soul contract from the other side but uh but now I have a great throat chakra example to teach people through so maybe that was part of the lesson yeah um, for but sure. trusting your intuition is absolutely key we are living in the great age of misinformation we're all intuitive beings some more than others um you know there's psychics that can just tap into Akashic records so easily, but every person does have some ability to, to know uh, how to talk to their higher selves and their guides and, and just trust their gut, you know, like this person doesn't feel right to me. When you encounter somebody that isn't going to be a good match for you, doesn't mean necessarily that they're a bad person, but just not a, like a cohesive match for you, whether this is a coworker, a lover, doesn't matter family member even um your gut will clamp inward like that you'll want to kind of cross your arms over your solar plexus over your belly button over that chakra because that's where you can cord in relationships is the umbilical cord area so that's why that's your parameter for if somebody's bad for you if somebody's good for you this solar plexus chakra area in your your navel is going to expand and light up and you're going to just want to hug them. Even if, you know, you've never met them before, you're just going to feel like I want to hug this person. So that's like your body's parameter for uh, trusting certain individuals. So you probably felt like this when you had that job all the time. Like you know, you probably it's, felt yeah, I, it's, pretty, it's wild. Like it's, it's like when you're in the situation, like similar to any, abusive relationship right like when you're in it you can't really see the forest for the trees because right. you're you're so in it and it's now after the fact people telling me stories about that time like my mom talked about um how I had you know their number and I knew what they were all about and I didn't like it very early on and she was talking specifically about a birthday party that my daughter had and it was a party that like, as she told the story, I'm like, oh my gosh, that was 2018. And I had started with that company late 2017. So it's like, I really was pretty unnerved by the situation pretty early on, but I kept it going 
because of golden handcuffs. Like just, it was, I made too much money. It was really hard, especially yeah. because that money was affording me to get out of a marriage that wasn't right for me and, and still feel like I could take care of my kids and like not disrupt the lifestyle much. So there were a lot of reasons that I had to kind of stay where I was and things that I'm grateful for. Cause it did help me like move to a different part of my life. However, at what cost? Because I 100% believe with every part of my being that the stress that I was under for so many years and the toxic people that are just magnetically drawn to that environment, I never would have come into contact with those people if we hadn't been in that similar space. And that yeah. similar space just attracts kind of a special level of person. And so- yeah you know, hindsight is 2020. Um, I mean, I guess I wish that I had freed myself of it a bit sooner, but you know, there's no saying that this would or wouldn't have happened. It's just pretty crazy because of all the people for this to happen to, I just really thought my whole life, I would not ever have breast cancer because there were so many reasons that I shouldn't like the fact yeah. that my mom had it, like, what is the likelihood of like lightning striking twice. Yeah. They're not the same cancer. They're totally not genetically related at all. But I just thought if it happened to her, it's not likely to happen to me. Like just mathematically, maybe that's silly, but that was always my thought. I nursed my children collectively for almost a decade between the three of them, which is supposed to reduce your risk of getting breast cancer. I didn't take hormones for the majority of my adult life. I mm -hmm don't drink. I don't smoke. I, you know, there just were a million different reasons that it just shouldn't have happened. But I think the fact that it happened to two people in the same family at young ages and they're not genetically related speaks to all of this other stuff, whether yeah. it's the stress of our environment or the toxicity of the foods that we eat, the chemicals we ingest. Roundup. <laughs> right. Just all of it. Like it's really kind of terrifying. And, yeah. and I live, I live in like fear of that kind of stuff. Like it's always very top of mind for me. Uh, you know, our water, I live in like a little town in Texas and our water tastes terrible. And we've all seen that Julia Roberts movie, whatever the hell that was. Yeah, that... Aaron Brockovich. Yes. So yeah. I, that to me, I'm like, oh my gosh, like not even just what's touching our body as we shower, but like we're ingesting. Yeah. So I I spent a few thousand dollars to have like a whole water filtration system like put into our house and our water tastes amazing. And I'm so grateful that I was able to do it, but it's like, how many people can't do that? Or yeah, like- that's true bottled water is everywhere you can't you know, so not... bad for the environment yeah and you can't you know like, what's funny about bottled water too is it actually strips the nutrients from your body because the water has no minerals so it takes the minerals from our body so drinking bottled water is terrible for you drink spring oh. water if you have to drink bottled water make it spring water or go to one of those like water kiosk things well so this um, is we were, we were in New York this past week and I, I took the kids for Christmas and they don't really serve tap water often, 
So, which I can appreciate, but they would always ask, do you want still, or do you want, um, spritz or like, um, carbonated water? Yeah. And so I would choose still water. They would bring it in a glass bottle often, which just sent my mind a whole, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so, this is also wasteful. Like just the amount of like trash that accumulates in that city um, is sort of astounding. And, you know, even just what we recycled in our, in our little hotel room of the water that we consumed that'd make them drink water, you know, like we're all kind of part of the problem, but it's just Ter- it's terrifying. And I, I think a lot about with plastic water bottles, you know, you're not supposed to heat plastic, right? right. Like, don't put plastic in the microwave, for instance, because it breaks it down and it, it it's, it's in what you're consuming. But like water bottles that come to you, you know, you're not supposed to drink a water bottle if it's been in the car, right? Mm-hmm. But we can't control it's when it's created and it's in transit to us. So like, yeah, it's- that's true sitting on backs of trucks and things like that and, and exposed to elements. So, I mean, just so much of this is so big and just getting worse. And I don't, I don't quite know how we find our way out of it. Well, one of the things I did when Scott and I were living in Astoria, Oregon, is he taught me about findaspring.com, which is a website that uh, will show you all of, or most of the natural spring water places you can go fill your jugs up at there was one off of highway 26 uh it was like an hour and a half drive for us but the apartment building we lived in told everybody 100 unit apartment building don't drink the water our pipes are old and rusty so and this was a low-income apartment building of astoria total slumlord city and um so the people that couldn't afford to drive to get the spring water and we told a lot of the of our neighbors like yeah you just go get a bunch of jugs and fill up the water tastes great and it's been tested some of the best water in Oregon so um, I know Texas has wild springs I haven't looked on the map specifically but you might look into that because what people do is they would load the backs of their trucks with those giant water cube things or water bottle things that you turn upside down and it's you, you were known it's that somebody before you, you might be waiting half an hour to fill your stuff, but like it was worth it. And we had the time, uh, we both worked for ourselves, so we would make the time. And we'd also like just do a hike there or back, you know, go to the coast or something. So it was yeah. not a big deal. It was a delight to go get our water. Um, but there are probably some natural springs within uh, most people's homes. And if not, um, REI makes a water filtration system. Uh, since we are uh, on the road, we are in a uh, self-sufficient rig. We have uh, solar panels and so we can off-grid camp anywhere. So if we got the REI filter just in case like we wanted to stay like what, like two weeks to a month someplace that had a running river, you could put it in the river and use this REI water filter and it would basically be the same thing as getting your water at one of those kiosks. So there are things that that you can do. It just, um, unfortunately it takes time to maintain our health, to like stay ahead of the lies. And like uh, pretty much they say uh, the ends of the grocery store, like the, the produce, the meat, the cheese, dairy, 
those are the only sections we should be shopping. The whole entire middle section is just cancer causing garbage. So like the the preservatives they put in our food are just out of control. So I try to buy preservative free everything, even if it means our bread's gonna go bad faster, um, which really makes you cook things like plan your meals a little bit better. Like you don't wanna waste things. So it's just staying ahead of everything is a headache, but I've slowed my life down to the point where I have no excuse to say I don't have time to do these things, I guess. So shame on me if I'm not eating organic or going to a spring for water, I guess. But it's a hundred percent again, the Darwin survival of the fittest. I mean, because a person that, you know, is just barely getting by, they're not, they don't have the time to go do these things, right? Because everything- either cost money or time or both. And like, that's, it's almost like eliminating, you know, it's part it's, it's a, a elimination of part of civilization through like only supplying them with things that they're killing themselves. That's terrifying. I've heard horror stories about like in Kansas city, in the, the rougher parts of town, a friend of mine used to work at this uh, this awesome school program where they brought actual food to inner, inner city schools. And some of these kids had never seen a vegetable. Like they didn't know what a banana was. And that just broke my heart to hear that. Like yeah. they're just eating junk. And when you eat junk, you're not going to grow. Your brain's not going to have the nutrients. And you're just, it is Darwinism. It absolutely is. But I also will say, if there's a will, there's a way. I used to be my own worst enemy I I kind of I left the corporate America to do jewelry and then I kind of trapped myself in my own jewelry career where I was working nonstop and chasing my own tail to the point where I almost stopped making jewelry I was thinking like what am I going to do this is the thing for me this is what I love well I wasn't doing it in the right way so um, I had to change a lot of things about my life and kind of uh trim the fat. So I, I left my studio um, and I just started working from home. Uh, then I realized I needed way more nature in my life. So then I realized Kansas City wasn't for me anymore. In fact, it was just feeling like heavier and darker every day. And uh, the rat race there is, is prevalent. The art scene there is, is pretty cutthroat. And I didn't want to compete with art. I just wanted to make it, you know, so that was kind of wearing on me too. So I left and uh, I moved to Oregon, which was absolutely, it's amazing up there. If you can ever get a chance to go, uh, the forest there remind me of like the giant land in Mario where everything's like three times bigger. The ferns are like ridiculously huge. The trees tower over it. There's moss and lichen everywhere. And that really was what my soul needed. And I was right by the the ocean, right by the Columbia River. So um, and I, I waitressed in Oregon, wait, waiters and servers get um, actual livable wages, so uh, as well as tips. So I uh, I did that because I was going through a divorce and I needed a part-time job, but that really helped propel me back onto my feet. And then, um, and then I started doing the gem show circuits with Scott uh, and we, we just kind of met, fell in love and um, we both love what we do and I know not everybody can do it exactly the way we did it or are doing it, but 
moving into the van and mind you he built the whole thing out like i could not have done any of this without him but um living on the road just really is is so freeing and when we set sail we had two shows lined up that was it but we were still just hopes and dreams you know bound and determined uh and now we have an annual show circuit that i make way more money than i've ever made in my life and i work way less than i've ever worked so somehow i guess through sheer will um and uh you know i used chakra therapy to heal myself too so i i was able to to get over that bad divorce quicker than than my first divorce because i've had two <laughs> you know two fun times but well, um it, so that's awesome yeah and i don't i mean i'm not one to say i regret because that's just that's just not um a good mindset. I learned a lot and I had some great times with both my ex-husbands too. You know, it wasn't all, all terrible, but you know, ultimately that's something though, if you're not happy with your partner, you don't have to stay with them. Like if that's part of why you need to take that depression pill, then have the talk with them, get over it and move on. Because sometimes just making drastic life changes is what was really needed. And even though that's scary, um, you know, I, I, I'm one to leap without a safety net, even though I'm terrified of heights, but I've always just taken that leap because my gut just told me there's going to be a better way. And there's going to be a safety net, even though you don't see it, just trust that you can do better than this current situation. So, you know, diving head first into the universe like that has, has always provided for me. So, um, I don't know, I might just be more ruthless than others but uh and i've done the corporate america thing i worked at an insurance company and uh the office was in the plaza downtown kansas city or midtown kansas city and uh at one point i was in charge of every builder's risk policy for every walmart being built in our country and at that point i was just like i can't i can't do this and pretend anymore like i'm an artist and then the, the weekends i was peddling my wares at a local fashion shows and local uh, pop-ups and stuff so you know I, I tried it it didn't work for me but for those that have to work in the corporate world um, I think there are office cultures that are more uh, cognizant of mindfulness and not overworking their employees um, I know they're far and few between but uh, I think if you're in a bad spot you know maybe there's something better out there like maybe there's a greener pasture where you won't be mistreated by your employer or your coworkers. So the grass, you know, just don't be afraid. It's what I tell people a lot. Just don't be afraid to, to take a leap of faith. That's so brave. I mean, I, I think I get better at it with age, partially because I'm just less tolerant of people's nonsense, the older I get. But I mean, even with this last parting with this company, like I had to be shoved by the universe because I wasn't doing it myself. And I, I can see all of it plainly now, like, you know, that I'm away from it. I, you know, I even think that I was led down a path to figure out that I had this disease that I needed to go deal with. Um, that was all very like written in the stars, how that whole thing happened. So I, you know, I think 
there are times when I'm open to it and the, you if I'm, I think the signs are all around you. You just have to be paying attention or be open to what they're trying to lead you to. And I, I can feel in hindsight that I was being told that when I was in that terrible, terrible relationship with that company, but I was too afraid of, well, what comes next? Or I can just placate everyone and I can, I can just make it work. It's going to be okay. And so you, oh, there go my dogs. So you um, <laughs> just, you know, try to make it work, but I, I have been to Oregon. I can understand why we, it's a funny story. We went to my, my, myself and my middle child went to Bend, Oregon to, bend. to go see the last blockbuster. Like that's, we wanted to go. Yeah. So which is like not a reason to go, but I like, we watched the documentary and then I wanted to go, but I'm like, that's really irresponsible trip. He said, he watched it with me and he's like, I really want to go do this. And I'm like, oh my God, now it's, now it's a trip. Like, let's go do it. <laughs> and I thought it was amazing there. I did not realize how, first of all, it smells like a, a big pine, like uh -huh. air freshener. Like I couldn't <laughs> believe like, well, this is, this is what it's like in real form, not just in your car air freshener. Yeah, so that was shocking to me. And, um, the, the nature everywhere. And I didn't realize how little we have tall trees in Texas. Like we just really don't. And I live in a subdivision. So the, the beautiful part of this subdivision is that it is new. There aren't a lot of mature trees. So the sky feels so vast and I'm constantly just like in awe of like the different sunrises and sunsets because I tend to be awake for both and like get to see like it happen. And so you don't get to see the sky quite like this, probably a lot of places, sure. but I really miss trees. And I, I thought that when I was in New York, like I'm so grateful that they've never let Central Park be disrupted or break yes. off break off the land and sell it because people I'm sure would go crazy if they did in New York, they would lose their mind not seeing like a, a park like that. Yeah. Was... But I mean, I, but you know, good for New York for not like succumbing because I'm sure people have come along and tried to purchase it, but, oh, but like just to carve out that much space in that city is seems so necessary. And I take, we've been twice now with the kids and took them there both times because I'm like, you, you really need to see like both parts of this. Like people do come here for, you know, this other side of whatever nature they can get. But um, yeah, Oregon's like dripping with nature. It's, it's amazing there. So I could Eventually, see that. I there. plan to buy some land there, Scott and I, um, just for, just to start to have uh, like a, a jewelry studio we're going to need to buy a lot of expensive equipment that could get ruined by the road life um but also we'll still travel quite a bit so we'll be more of like less full-time and more part-time at that point yeah. but um yeah i spend my time in oregon arizona and colorado and they're all so beautiful it's hard to pick like which one's the most beautiful but uh i would have to say if pressed i would say oregon and just being that close to the ocean too, like we'd like to be somewhere within two hours of the coast because the ocean is just magically like transformative and so yeah. beautiful. That's amazing. Well, like I said, you are who I want to be when I grow up. I wish that uh -huh. I knew more. I, you know, I would love to share like any of the sites that you think 
people should visit or your site so people can find absolutely and just um i'd like to share any of that and and anything that you just think people should know you're such a wealth of information and um so i appreciate it um i'll repeat the book that i uh get all my chakra information from it's the complete book of chakra healing by cindy dale and that is spelled c-y-n-d-i-d-a-l-e um her book is extremely uh thorough and it the way she describes the energy system really breaks it down almost scientifically um and it just really makes sense like it just like the light bulb goes off and and it all just like it's not woo woo it's science the way she describes it um it's not a quick read it's it's more of like almost a textbook so you can go back to it and like if you know you're feeling like, hey, I think my root chakra might be a little off right now, um, then you can go to the root chakra section and and read all about it. And then somewhere within there, you're gonna say, oh, I think that's maybe what I have. So I'm gonna go go work on strengthening that. Um, my website is ggmoon.com, and that's spelled g-i-g-i-m-o-o-n uh, dot com, and I sell. Uh, Mostly on there, uh, what I sell now is my chakra stone necklaces, um, which mostly start at 25 and they go up to 33. I actually just lowered the price on all of my chakra necklaces uh, about a year ago because I found a new supplier and while everything else was inflating, I wanted to make my prices go down. So I was able to do so with this new supplier. Um, and I do, I know gems are medicine and things are, times are hard. So I wanted it to be more affordable, but um, I have just about every major gemstone on there and then a glossary of the properties of each one. Um, and I wrote the properties myself based off of my own intuition, but also uh, reading other people's uh, intuitive knowings of the stones. And I really tried to write them in a way that was easy to, to read because some of these intuitive descriptions are just like all over the place um a little bit too put it hard to yes yeah. I do okay. my best That's um awesome. exactly how it's uh how I said it uh Scott and I are avid hot springers so you'll find all the hot springs on that map too um except for the super secret ones thank goodness that nobody's ever gonna put on there um what other websites? Jeez. Um, well, I guess just because I'm a van lifer, uh, for any other van lifers or anybody who who doesn't know this, you can uh, you can basically live on BLM. Uh, you just have to move every 14 days. So uh, for people who want to live the van life, uh, there's an app called iOverlander, and that's spelled I-O-V-E-R-L-A-N-D-E-R. And then another app called Free Roam, F-R-E-E-R-O-A-M. And those are really wonderful sources for people living off grid um, who are trying to find spots to just kind of have a slower paced life. A lot of people are, you know, with COVID had the opportunity to work from home, work remote. A lot of people are doing that in their vans now or in their RVs. So that's uh, that's a way you can slow your life down if you if you need to get out of the rat race for a while. Um, but those two apps have been extremely helpful for, for van lifing. 
So. Well, I so appreciate the conversation now and the other day. We'll have to do it again because I find you so intriguing. And um, one one last question before we part ways. Um, If you could give your younger self one piece of advice that would have potentially changed it all, what would it be? Just to breathe and calm down and to know that it's all meant and it's all going to be okay. Man. Yeah, truly. (laughs) Um, and, and you are living proof of that. Like what brave, um, risks that you've taken and it's definitely very inspirational. So I appreciate you. I appreciate all your knowledge and you spending this time with me. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate being on your uh, podcast and I plan to share it with everybody. Yay. I love it so much. All right, darling. Well, I appreciate you. Thanks so much. Appreciate you too. Love and light. Bye.